The reading this morning is from John chapter 17 and can be found on page 1085 in the Pew Bibles. Jesus prays for his disciples. I have revealed to you, to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be as one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the work And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray to God as we look at God's word together. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you do not, uh, you do not leave us in the dark about you. But you have stepped into your world through Jesus to show us. Now help us this morning to believe in him, to trust in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, what makes you feel uh, special as a person? You don't have to put your hands up and say anything. Uh, I'm not asking for that. But I do wonder, um, what makes you feel special? A silly example of mine. Um, I have a special shirt at the moment. Uh, you might have seen it. It's quite red. It's very bright. It's a kind of batik shirt. Um, I just love it. When I wear it, I feel really special. I just love it. Maybe I should wear it more often. I don't know. That's a silly example. But I think most often it's, it's people that make us feel special, isn't it? If we have a close family or close friends, they're the ones that make us feel special. They might make a fuss over us occasionally. Uh, we know they ma- we matter to them. People make us feel special. Now that can be a positive thing, but it's also sometimes a negative thing. What do I mean by that? Well, if feeling special depends on what other people think of us, well, there's a flip side to that. People's approval of us can come and go, can change, can end. If I'm uh, an actor on the stage in the West End, I don't know, um, uh, one night, I might get a brilliant review from the paper. 
and I feel special. They like me. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but the next night, uh, not so good a review. Oh dear, I don't feel quite as special anymore. I'm sure you can empathize with that kind of thing. We live life very much craving for people to think we're special. Or at least the people who matter to us. Those whose approval I really want. The parents, uh, the colleague, the critic, whoever it is. Feeling special actually drives a huge amount of how we live. We need it, and when we don't have it, it hurts us, doesn't it? And maybe even some of us here today uh, wouldn't even say we feel special at all. Life feels pretty bleak, to be honest. Maybe you're in that place at the moment. But today, while we've heard read a section of Jesus' prayer for his disciples before he's going to die and then go back to his father after rising... And it tells us a huge amount about what makes his disciples special. Not just special in the eyes of their fellow human beings, but a different type of special. Special in the eyes of God. We're just going to look at a a small chunk of Jesus' prayer, just really verses 6 to 10, actually. Um, We're going to see if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ today, as back then, If you've put your trust in him, here's why you're special. And what's key is being special to God. At its heart, it's not about what you've done to make you special. It's about how God thinks of you and about knowing him. That's what we see when we see Jesus praying here. So you could say uh, what we need to do today is to kind of behold God's son, Jesus, I'm going to put that on the screen. That's kind of that's our kind of heading, really. Um, uh, so behold means to, to, to look at, gaze at. That's our headline. Behold God's Son. Gaze at Jesus Christ to know how special you are if you trust him. And for those who here um, would say, uh, for myself, actually, I, I don't yet trust in Jesus, uh, I really hope that you could see kind of what that would be for you if you do that. So, uh, in verse 9, well, our first point with this is that if you're a disciple of Jesus, what makes you special? Behold God's Son who received you from his Father. So the next slide, please. Behold God's Son who received you from his Father. What do we mean? Well, let's, let's see. So in verse 9, Jesus says, I pray for them, these, his disciples. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And now verse 6, back up to verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You, have, you gave them to me. You hear the language of giving, gave? It's a gift. Jesus is saying something here that's very clear in a way, but it's also, well, incredibly hard to fathom, to be honest. Jesus thinks of his disciples here and thinks, God the Father, you gave me these people. You have given them to me. And we cannot quite pin down when and how that happened, as it were, but in some extraordinary way, God the Son, Jesus, has received his disciples as a gift from God the Father I wonder if you've ever been a gift to someone, 
in your life. Um, I'm not saying you've been, uh, I don't know, wrapped up in Christmas paper and plonked under the Christmas tree. Maybe, I don't know, possibly. Um, But in in human terms, perhaps uh, the closest we come to this uh, is marriage, perhaps. So when um, Karis and I married about six years ago, uh, my father-in-law brought Karis down the aisle, of course, uh, hand in hand. Uh, Apparently my smile was a bit nervous, uh, but understandable, perhaps. Um, And he came to the front, and he gave Karis' hand to me. Actually, he gave it to the vicar, who then passed it on to me. But effectively, he gave Karis' hand to me. Brilliant, brilliant, good moments, hurrah, hurrah. Um, Do you think Karis felt special at that moment? Well, you can ask her, but I think the answer is yes. She was handed to me, she was given by her father to me. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you are a gift from God the Father to God the Son. It's like God the Father said to God the Son, here you go, Son. I want you to have these people. They are my gift to you. Look after them. They're special. They're precious. Now, if you can imagine for a second, imagine um, uh, God the Son saying back to God the Father, um, Father, tell me, why this gift? Why? What is so special about these people? Are they impressive? Have they done great things? Are they Nobel Prize winners? Have they won community awards? Are they, are they good people? Have they never said a word in anger? Is that it? Or have they got a big house? They've got a shiny car? It's fair to say God the Father would say, no, no. They're not impressive. In fact, it's the opposite. Like everyone, they've mucked up. They've let people down. They've got dark secrets. They've loved themselves more than they love God. Nothing obliges me to give them as a gift. It's a gift. But they're my gift to you, Jesus. They're, they're special. They're precious. It's a bit like uh, if your grandparents maybe gave you a, a tiny trinket at some point. You know, financially, maybe it's worthless. You know, Antiques Roadshow wouldn't really be interested. Um, but it was precious to your grandparent. So it's precious to you. You know that kind of thing? If you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, do you see yourself that way? Look at Jesus' prayer here. God the Father gave you like a tiny trinket to God the Son. That's what Jesus is showing us. You are not impressive in yourself, but you are precious. You are special. Now, there are, um, I think, at least two big traps that disciples of Jesus like, uh, can fall into. And one of those, trap number one, would be uh, we downplay our status very easily, I think. Have you ever thought, um, I'm not mega intelligent, or actually my chronic illness kind of limits my life quite a bit? I don't feel very special sometimes. Have you ever felt like that? I definitely have, myself, for sure. Jesus would say... Actually, you are special. You are. My Father gave you to me. You're precious. Trap number one, we downplay our status. Trap number two is um, we misplace our status. Maybe we think, uh, I, I don't know, I love 
playing in the band. I love kind of feeling special up front, perhaps. Um, maybe thought like that, I don't know. Or maybe, um, uh, I know I shouldn't, but kind of hand on heart, I love working for a famous company or something like that. Just makes me feel special. Anything can make us feel special like that. And at that point, Jesus would say, hey, come on, come on. Those things don't make you special. You're my gift. You're a gift from my Father. That's what makes you special. Sometimes we downplay our status. Sometimes we misplace our status. And if you're yourself, you're not a disciple of Jesus, can I ask, do you also tend to look somewhere to make you feel special? It could be anything. It could be job, family, influence, sex, politics, who knows? Jesus would say, actually, it doesn't deliver. It might deliver for a bit, but it never satisfies. You'll always want more. You can never be truly special, special in the sight of God, unless you come to Jesus Christ. And that leads us uh, to our next point. To our next point. So we've had a behold God's son who received you from his father. And now our next point. If you trust in Jesus, why are you special? Behold God's son who revealed you to his father. So that's our next point. Now remember in verse 6, Jesus said, Father, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me. Now what is Jesus saying here? Revealed, I've revealed you. Well, Jesus knows that... um, In this world, there are often uh, many clues that God exists. I mean, for example, um, why inside of us do we often have a sense of something is right and wrong? We have a sense of beauty, all sorts of things like that. There are clues that we're created by a God who cares about those things. All sorts of clues that God exists. But Jesus knows that knowing God, that's a different matter. There is something of of a veil over the world. We might know he's there, but do I know him personally? What's he like? And is he for me? Jesus lifts the veil, as it were, because he's God stepping into his creation. He says to the world, I am God's son. He says, I know it sounds odd, but God is Father, Son, and Spirit. If you know me, you'll also know the Father. You can't tell that by any amount of clever scientific searching or clever philosophical searching. You can't tell that. The Creator needs to step into His creation. And that's what I've done. That's what Jesus would say. So Jesus, He's making a distinction here. It's important. All the world is made by God, but not all the world knows God. That's what makes Jesus' disciples special. They know God. They know God. Now, it's really interesting uh, what Jesus says about how people come to uh, become his disciples, how they actually come to knowing God. Uh, Look with me at the end of verse 6. Jesus says, Father, my disciples have obeyed your word. What does that mean? Um, Well, let's keep going. 
uh, from verse 7, he continues, says, Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. So how do people come to know God? By obeying God's words, which is to accept Jesus' words and believe that the Father sent him. But do you see that here, it's really it's Jesus who's done all the work. We need to accept and believe, but really Jesus has done all the work for this. What do I mean? Well, it's Jesus who um, gave words from God the Father. It's Jesus who was sent by God the Father to give those words. And bear in mind, in John's Gospel, um, giving words from the Father refers to kind of how Jesus' whole life and ministry reveals God to the world, including his death and resurrection, which he's been building up to and he's about to go to when he prays this. So Jesus has done all the work to make you special, to bring you to God as he really is. He's done all the work to to die and rise again on your behalf so that your sin does not separate you from God anymore. He's done all the work to make you a new person, give you a new heart, to be someone who trusts Jesus and follows him. He's done all the work. Some of us here, um, many of us, have known Jesus, uh, have known God as Jesus' disciple for months, years and decades, of course, can I ask, does it, does it thrill our hearts to know why we're so special? It's because of nothing to our credit. It's not because you have, um, have great faith, or because you've given to charity, or you sit on a company board, or you're on five rotors at church. Or it's not none of those things. Thank goodness, those things come and go, or don't come at all. You know. I know in my own heart, I often forget this. You're special because Jesus has brought you to God so that you know him. That's what makes you special. He is God the Father who loves you, God the Son who died for you, and God the Spirit who lives in you. And knowing God does not come and go. You're always special if you know him. Does that help you to be grateful to God? I hope so. Does it help you to want to come to God? To enjoy him? Talk to him? Enjoy the fact that you know him? Remember how special that is. And one thing to add here, I mean, as, at, at church, you know, as anywhere, relationships are not always straightforward. I realize that. People can um, frustrate us, annoy us. We annoy other people and frustrate other people. At that point, it really matters what we think of each other. It really matters. If someone doesn't feel special to you at some point, well, they're still special to God. Very special. They are his gift to Jesus. So take care of each other. Let's love each other. 
What about if um, what about if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian? And uh, maybe you'd say, um, I do like being here in the community here at St John's, but but Jesus is uh, not really for me. I would urge you not to dismiss Jesus. Because the man who said, in one sense, these outrageous things that we've heard him say today, and yet he's the man whose kind of integrity of life is so compelling. How do those things come from the same person? It doesn't make sense to dismiss him. And why not you know, come on that course that Andrew was talking about, Case for Christ? That'd be a fantastic thing to do, to look into it further. I also realize that some of us here today are wouldn't have called ourselves um, a disciple of Jesus, perhaps ever. But many were intrigued by Jesus. You might have um, read the gospel accounts or done a Christian course about him. His claims and his life, they're intriguing, they're compelling even. Could even I become a disciple of his? But maybe it nags you um, isn't there so much else I just don't know about Jesus and the Christian faith? How much do I need to know before accepting Jesus' words for myself? Maybe you have that kind of question nagging. Well, I think we see in Jesus' prayer that you don't need to know everything. His first disciples didn't. But you do need a willingness, is what we see here. You need a willingness um, to learn from Jesus, a willingness to leave the attractions of the world behind in some way, a willingness to believe that Jesus is sent from God, and a willingness to believe the good news of his dying on your behalf for your sins. Accept Jesus, believe Jesus, and he will not turn you away for all eternity. Jesus is the one who reveals the Father to us. And if you'd even like to do that today, today, why not? To um, yeah, talk to me or Victoria or a Christian you know, um, we'd love to kind of pray with you and support you in, in that. So, if you're a disciple of Jesus, what, why are you so special? Why? Why? Well, we've seen, behold God's Son, who received you from the Father and who reveals his Father to you. It does come down in so many ways. It's just not primarily looking at ourselves. We are not naturally special. We are not. It's about looking firmly at Jesus Christ. He's the one who makes us special. He's the one who cares so much for you that he pours out his heart to his Father for you in prayer. He's the one who pours out his heart over you because you're a gift his Father has given to him. And he's the one who brings you to God to know him as Father. Behold God's Son. He's the one who makes us special. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the awesome realities that we see here in this prayer of your son Jesus. Thank you that simply by accepting his words for ourselves, we belong to you and we know you as Father. We're sorry, Father, for for false ways in which we have tried to become special or feel special, 
help us to realize who we really are in Christ if we trust him. And so grow our hearts in gratitude to you, in love to Jesus, and in delight in coming to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.